And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones. And we thank you for being part of our program. As today, we're going to continue our series in Agents of Darkness as we talk about Target Israel. So I hope you can follow along with us and grab a Bible for this exciting segment of our program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much that uh, you are teaching us to be discerning in these dark times. Lord, help us to understand your word. For those tuned in, Lord, we just praise you for them. Pray that we may all grow in our relationship with you. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into the truth will set you free. Agents of darkness target Israel. So stay tuned and get your Bibles ready and follow along with us in our program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, how are you today? Doing well, brother. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic, Nathan. Fantastic. Every day the Lord gives us is a, is a wonderful, wonderful day. And I'm always excited to be on these programs with you. As you were, as we were mentioning earlier, how quickly time flies, right? I know. Speaking of the Lord giving people something, I hear you have a new son-in-law. Nathan, that is absolutely right. My daughter, Jael, got married last weekend to her wonderful husband, Josiah. And they're just in a honeymoon right now, doing fantastic. So, yes, our family is growing. Well, both J's, does that mean all their kids will have J names? You know, that's a very good question. No, no, they have to have they have to have their their dad, their grandfather's name in there somehow. Victoriano. No, I'm right. just kidding. Yeah. Victoriano one, Victoriano two. Victoriano. <laughs> no, they might be junior. They might take after their dad. So anyway, so yeah, Nathan, our kids, we're so proud of our kids. Yours as well, Nathan. Aren't they fantastic? Yes, it's it's wonderful raising kids. It's just sad when they. They start getting older and leaving the house. I know yours are all gone and mine are getting close to that. But I guess that's what grandchildren are for, right? Hey, Nathan, that is so true. And my wife is definitely looking forward to grandkids. I guess I am too, so I can spoil them a little bit. <laughs> I bet you'd be good. <laughs> so, yeah, Nathan, thank you so much. Um, so definitely we do have to pray uh, for the families, Nathan. Uh, we're living in, in challenging days these days with all the crazy things that are happening. Uh, last week, of course, another uh, shooting occurred. A number of people died as an individual re uh, resigned from his job and then came back, uh, you know, Nathan, and just, uh, you know, took a number of lives. And, and it's just so every day that the Lord gives us is a blessing. It is. It just shows that we are in dark and troublesome times. Anarchy is beginning to reign as the moral fabric of our country, if not the entire planet, is becoming uh, unthreaded and threadbare. And it's just the result of godlessness. We take God out of society, this is where we get. We're going to get lawlessness and anarchy. And the Bible prophesied that the closer we get to the time of Jesus' return, anarchy would increase. And that's what we're seeing. Matter of fact, the ultimate ruler most people call him the antichrist but actually one of the names that he's given in the bible is the man of lawlessness he yeah, he's yeah. an ultimate ruler but he rules based on lawlessness based on his own rule what he decides is right and wrong and we're seeing society reflect that so uh, the society reflecting anarchy and lawlessness and deciding what is right and wrong based on their own eyes actually is what gives birth to their leader and who will be the eventual world leader and that's where history is going and so that gives us a perspective of the times we're living in, but it still doesn't help knowing that there's so much suffering going on. Mm. 
And absolutely, Nathan. And Nathan, I was going to ask before we start, maybe you might be able to throw a, a short prayer for the victims of, uh, for the families of the people that lost their lives today in this government job. Lord, we, uh, again, we see our country falling apart, Lord, and it's our fault. We are throwing you out of the schools, out of the public sector, out of government, and this is the penalty for it, Lord, lawlessness. We don't know the difference between good and evil anymore, and so evil reigns. We pray, Lord, you have mercy on our country. Uh, Lord, yes. help our leaders uh, turn to you. Help our judges turn to you. Help our people return to you. And that, uh, mm -hmm. Lord, in this dark time, that we, the church, may stand firm in the gospel, preaching the good news. And, Lord, that you'll bless the church and bless this country all the way up into your soon return. Mm -hmm. In your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And that's uh, uh, that's exactly, Nathan, why we've started this series on, on agents of darkness. People don't seem to realize the attacks and the warfare uh, that, that's all around us. We talked about this uh, darkness has a leader and his name is Satan, the dragon, and he rules with a host of billions of, of millions of angels, fallen angels, if you will, that are here on this earth causing uh, havoc, if you will. Uh, on every aspect of society, uh, but we come to recognize where we, the Christians, are not blind to this. The Bible talks about uh, these events, and it also speaks about how in the, the times things are going to get progressively worse. Uh, some people say, Nathan, oh, the world is getting better and better, but that's not what the Bible predicts, right? <laughs> no, that, there's an idea called post-millennialism. It was very popular in the 1800s really pretty much all the way up to World War One. this view that the church would eventually conquer the world for Christ, usher in the millennial kingdom, and then Jesus would return after the millennial kingdom, and we'd hand the keys to the planet to him. It birthed a lot of missions, and it was uh, good for the time period in that respect. Uh, we're seeing churches abandon premillennialism, abandoning a pre-trib rapture teaching for this post uh, post-millennial teaching again. And it's sad because, no, the church isn't going to conquer the world for Jesus Christ. The Bible, especially in the books of Matthew and Luke, where Jesus goes into great detail about the end times are like, shows chaos and destruction being the, the norm, not a world at, at peace underneath the rule of the church. So I'm glad churches are excited that, that they can bring the gospel to the world, but uh, sadly, sadly mistaken that the world is going to be Christianized at least until Jesus Christ returns to set up his kingdom. Then the world will know Christ. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, we, we, we recognize and we see the signs of the times all around us. We see, Nathan, that this um, uh, darkness is leading somewhere. It's going to be uh, focused on a certain place. And eventually we know, according to the Bible, that that is going to be uh, the nation of Israel, uh, God's regathered people in their land, and there's going to be the ultimate darkness, slaughter, uh, focus, and targeted in that direction. And you and I know, Nathan, that according to history, it wasn't that long ago uh, when we saw during even our era, uh, this uh, darkness start to fall on Israel. Uh, it started, of course, many years, but we noticed uh, Hitler uh, and Stalin and uh, just the atrocity that took place there. Nathan, in case somebody is not familiar with those attacks, can you talk to us a little bit about what, what, was, what, was, down, what was going on with Hitler? What was going on in his mind and in his heart? Well, wow, you, you give me a lot of credit if I know what's going on in Hitler's heart. I think we can know because Hitler's heart was uh, possessed, uh, clearly satanic. We know what's in Satan's heart. 
and uh, they, Satan hates the Jewish people. He hates them with a passion. They are set apart by God to be an example to the world. Uh, one, of the fact that law can't save us, only Jesus Christ can save us. The Jewish people gave us the Bible. The Jewish people gave us the Messiah. And they have promises that God's given them that they would return as a nation again. And they have, as of May 14, 1948, that they would control Jerusalem. And they have since June of 67. And one day, a remnant out of the Jewish people will become saved, and they will be a priestly people during Christ's kingdom here on earth. In that response, then Satan has tried to destroy the Jewish people. Uh, we've seen different dictators over history since the last since their exile in 70 AD by the Romans. The Jews have been hunted and, and killed in pogroms and mass slaughters. And in our day and age, the most recent as we celebrate D-Day this week is a remembrance that uh, Hitler was one of Satan's agents to eradicate the Jewish people and survived or acute, ended up killing six million Jewish people right. from various different slaughters, obviously as horrible as the concentration camps. Most people don't realize that whereas Hitler killed his millions, Stalin killed his tens of millions. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. talk about that, but he killed a lot of his people. He, he was very much against Jewish people, killed many. Uh, the Jews were all their stuff confiscated and they were kicked out of their country, hence a giant migration of Jewish people to Israel. A lot of Jews you meet, you know, you've been in Israel, I've been in Israel. They seem to know to speak Russian, a lot of them, and that's because they came from Russia. So the, to this day, Satan continues to attack the Jewish people, tries to obliterate them. When you think that the Jewish people stretch back 3,500 years plus, and, uh, well, yeah, maybe even 3,900 years back, and yet there's only 12 million of them today. It shows that there should be you know, tens of millions of Jewish people today genetically for reproduction. But because of the constant attack, the church itself, the church, Catholic Church, led the way in killing many Jews over the centuries, has left the Jewish people with a measly 12 million people in all the world. That is amazing. You know, Nathan, and thank you so much for sharing those statistics because this is sometimes we we sort of forget this. Of course, every every hideous crime in the news, every shooting, uh, whether it's a school shooting, anybody done, those things are terrible. But in comparison to what has been done to the Jewish people through our history, uh, it's like a drop in the bucket. And, and like you mentioned, just millions upon millions of people that are being that were slaughtered uh, for no reason. And of course, we know that behind that, the agents of darkness was Satan himself trying to destroy God's people. But Nathan, of course, and even as we move forward, even present day Islam, we see attacks on Israel almost every other week. Oh, the, the Islamic people, it's a blood feud that goes all the way back to Abraham with this between Ishmael and, and Isaac. It's, it's thousands of years old. There's no peace covenant that any president or, or prime minister is going to be able to create until the Antichrist, and then that will signify that he's the Antichrist. But the Jewish people, uh, as much as they've been slaughtered throughout history, uh, you know, we read in Bible prophecy that Satan's not done with them. He is going to try to eradicate them, and he's going to try to do it through a series of wars that are future that the Bible prophesies about.
Yeah, and Nathan, that's a very good point. So we see, again, that this darkness is leading somewhere. We see the leader behind it. We see his agents of darkness. And, and we see that, again, it's target Israel. There's a lot in the news about Israel. Uh, there's a lot of countries against this little tiny nation. Of course, God is behind this nation, and they will ultimately be victorious. But Nathan, you mentioned a series of wars. And, and, and so that means that there are some other events prophesied in the Bible that are yet to happen that we need to focus, and, and part of that is found in Psalm 83, verses 1 through 8. Can, can you take us there and read those passages and talk to us about what's going on there? Oh, okay. Yeah, Psalm 83 is, there, let me give you a, a big picture here. There are nine prophesied end-time wars that lead up until the future eternal state, and uh, the first of these nine end-time wars I'm going to call the Psalm 83 war, for lack of a better name, and you can find it in Hey, Psalm 83, and I can read verses 1 through 8 if you like. It says, Do not keep silent, O God, do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria also has joined with them. They have helped their children of Lot. Well, Nathan, and this is a very interesting passage because... Um, just recently, uh, of course, prophetically speaking, we, we, there, there's some light that has been shed into this war. When might this occur, Nathan? Well, we got to remember that this passage is calling down condemnation on the Jewish people. This was written around 1000 BC when Israel was a nation. The nations around it, uh, as we read here, Edom, the Ishmaelites, Moab, whatever, they were all countries and people groups that surrounded Israel. And Asaph, who wrote this, this isn't one of the, uh, Solomon's uh, Psalms, uh, excuse me, Psalm of David, or Solomon, but it was Asaph, and Asaph was a seer, a prophet. And this is a prophet giving a prophecy about Israel having to conquer the nations that surround them. So folks will say, well, did this happen in the times of the Bible times? Well, no, it did not. Israel never successfully conquered all the nations around them. So you ask, well, when has Israel been a nation? Well, Israel wasn't a nation for almost 1,900 years until May 14, 1948, and it became a nation again. So you got to look at the names of these nations around them, and do they signify anything today? Well, Bill Salas, who's a friend of our ministries, and uh, we've had him on our television show, Christ and Prophecy, a number of times. He's written a wonderful book called Israelestine that covers the Psalm 83 war. And he takes these ancient names and applies them to the people groups of today. For instance, the Tents of Edom would be the Palestinians living in southern Jordan. The Ishmaelites are the uh, father is Ishmael, so they're the Saudis. Moab are the Palestinians of the central Jordan area. The Hagrites are an ancient name for the Egyptians. Gebel is an ancient name of uh, northern Lebanon, which we got Hezbollah, the terrorist group that's in charge of that area now. Ammon, those are the Palestinians in the northern Jordanian area. Amalek are the Arabs of the Sinai area. Philistia is Hamas, the terrorist group that lives, uh, leads Hamas in uh, Gaza. And Gaza hasn't even been a country since 2005. Tyre is uh, Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. 
And then we got Assyria, which today covers the Syrian and northern Iraqi areas. So these people groups exist today, just obviously under different names. And these are the countries that surround Israel. We've got Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, now Gaza, and possibly uh, Saudi Arabia. They're all nations that surround Israel. As you read through Psalm 83, the prophecy talks about Israel subduing these nations. So you got to ask, well, would this be the, the independence war that Israel fought in 1948 when a number of nations that from this list attacked Israel and Israel subdued them? No, because not all these nations attacked Israel at that time period, nor did Israel rule over them. So you have to go, this is a future war. With all the wars, and there have been many that Israel's fought against these nations, Israel has never conquered them and subdued them. And so we're waiting for a time period. If you read later on Psalm 83, it's a time period when Israel is a time without walls or borders or walls to protect them. Well, today you've been Israel and you see there are no walls surrounding Israel. They are walls that are uh, obviously along the borders with Palestine and other areas. So it's a time period where Israel is at peace and then it's expecting and they will have to then conquer the nations around them. What will give them that peace for this next war we will talk about, the Gog and Magog war? It likely has to be the Psalm 83 war where Israel conquers these hostile nations that surround them. And Nathan, that's an excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition as we're talking about agents of darkness target Israel, talking about the Psalm 83 war, a future war, and also the attacks on God's people. So Nathan, uh, that is amazing, and I thank you for bringing that to light because this is something that individuals need to recognize that, again, these agents of darkness are up to something. There is a, a battle raging right now. There's nations being gathered, being brought together. Uh, uh, all to try to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And again, we're talking about the past, we're talking about the present, the possible future, but also further future. And we find in Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 18, 8 through 16, if you're able to take us there and read through that, Nathan, another gathering, another war, and another hordes of countries, if you will, that are going to be coming against Israel. Right, right. So here we got this passage in Psalm 83 that prophesies a war where Israel will finally have to subdue their hostile neighbors. I mean, they've got it. Hezbollah's got hundreds of thousands of missiles pointed at Israel. Hamas is constantly challenging the border, trying to set fire to Israel with kites and balloons and shooting rockets into Ashkelon and all. We have constant attacks. There are obviously peace treaties right now between Jordan and Egypt, but they're very hostile treaties. It's a very tenuous so at some point, we know that Israel will have to deal with these hostile neighbors. Maybe that's when these peace treaties are abandoned, and all the nations that surround Israel will just try to destroy Israel. Israel will finally defeat their hostile neighbors around them. Israel's territory will expand. Right now, Israel is only the size of New Jersey, would fit inside the uh, Lake Michigan. It's that small. But we know that in this time period, Israel will become enlarged. They will control the hostile countries around them, and it will be a major blow to Islam. Islam believes you have to conquer the land for Allah, and if you lose that land, then your salvation is at stake, for Allah is not angry. So the Muslim world will be hostile against Israel, and this is where we get into Ezekiel 38 and 39, two whole chapters that talk about what's called the War of Gog and Magog, where the it's called this outer ring of Islamic nations led by Russia, 
will come against Israel in an attempt to destroy Israel. Again, Satan's second attempt in these prophetic wars to wipe Israel off the map. And Nathan, and we know, of course, these are future because, again, when this was prophesied, Israel wasn't a nation. Here we're going to be talking about a regathered nation. Right, right. Now, when Psalm 83 was prophesied by Asaph, yes, Israel was a nation. But you're referring, obviously, to Ezekiel. And this is Israel in exile. By the time Israel had been promised by Moses that if they continued to reject God and harden their hearts against them, that God would send them into exile. So in the writings of Ezekiel and Daniel, we read that the Jewish people have been exiled for 70 years. So this is a prophecy about when Israel will become a nation again. Now, obviously, Israel was allowed, the Jewish people were allowed after 70 years to go back to the land of Israel. But Israel never again was its own nation for a tiny brief time during the Maccabeans. But for the most part, they were always a vassal territory underneath the, the per Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the British Empire, you name it, until May 14, 1948. So now they're a nation again, and they're facing all these wars, in particular, this war of Gog and Magog. Amazing. So, Nathan, thank you so much. And yeah, if you can take us through those uh, passages uh, in uh, Ezekiel 38, verses 1 through 8, that would be fantastic, just in case someone tuned in doesn't have a Bible, so they can follow along with us. You'd like me to start with 1 through 8 or start at verse 8? Actually, Nathan, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's let's do uh, verse uh, eight uh, all the way down to um, uh, verse sixteen, uh, only because of the sake of time. And individuals can always jump in and read the rest of the passage. Yeah, I mean, we could spend hours talking about the Gog and Magog war. You're absolutely right. So, verse eight reads: After many days, you Israel will be visited. In the latter years, in other words, the last days, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many peoples on the mountain of Israel which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, On that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, and to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are, are again inhabited, and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all their young lions will say to you, Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry with us silver and gold, and take away livestock and goods, and take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, Thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. And it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Ooh. Amazing. Nathan, what an amazing passage. And again, here we see clearly this incredible attack on this small group of people, if you will, in comparison to what's coming. And again, we see all these nations that are named here. Of course, they're named by different names. But these are the nations, right, Nathan, that are surrounding Israel today. Uh, in a in a outer circle, yes. Uh, if we read a little earlier, it, it gave us the character Gog. He's a leader 
of a land called Rosh, or Rus in the old words. Basically, he's the leader of Russia. Today, if it would happen today, it would be Vladimir Putin. I don't know who Gog will be, but he will be satanically driven, and he will lead a Russian army and a, a, a bunch of nations, and we've got the equivalents, Turkey, Iran, uh, Sudan, uh, the, the Stan nations like uh, Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan and all. All these nations, these outer ring of, of Islamic nations, will come against Israel for the purpose of, it says here, plundering Israel. Now, look at the condition of Israel. Israel is a land of unwalled villages. Well, that certainly is today, although there are many walls around Israel to keep the Palestinians uh, out from attacking. Uh, there's a great debate amongst Bible prophecy teachers whether Israel is in a safety condition now because of their military, or they're not because they haven't conquered the nations that surround them yet. That's a debate. I tend to believe that they are not in that safety now. Israel constantly lives under threat of attack. But this Gog, this ruler of Russia, will join these nations who have historically been enemies, now willing to come down to Israel and destroy Israel. Brother, I don't know about you, but you just have to watch the news for the last few years. And we have seen Russia, Iran, and Turkey, which used to be mortal enemies, now united in Syria to try to take control of Syria as a launching point against Israel. So, brother, this prophecy is starting to come together right before our eyes. And Nathan, exactly. Thank you so much for sharing that and also for clarifying those nations and bringing us up to speed with the modern names as, as to who we're talking about. Here we have two incredible miracles, two nations, Israel, Russia, who were not even formed at the time, and yet Ezekiel prophesied that these will be key players in the end times. And Nathan, as we see the day approaching, as we see the darkness falling our world, this is why we believe it is so crucial for individuals to call on the name of the Lord, to have a relationship with Jesus, so that when these things break out, we would know uh, without a shadow of a doubt that we will be in heaven with the Lord and we would not have to fear. So again, we're, we just wanna talk to you that are tuned into the program. You, maybe if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, in the last minute or so that we have next to our program, we want to give you an invitation. The most important thing is for you to come to Christ. That is the good news in the midst of all the darkness around us. And Nathan, as we always do every weekend with your heart as an, as an evangelist, would you be able to share with that person right now that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start from wherever they are? Well, what we're seeing here in Bible prophecies is we're seeing fulfilled today that God is at work in this world that he's going to keep his promises to the Jewish people, and that Satan is going to continue his attack against Israel. Again and again and again, Satan is going to destroy the, or attempt to destroy the Jewish people. The Antichrist, when he finally comes on the world after the Gog and Magog War, he will then set to obliterate the Jewish people, and he will kill two-thirds of the Jewish people. That'd be nine million Jewish people today if that happens oh. in our age. So clearly, God is at work, Satan's at work. So what does that mean for you personally? I mean... These are events that are national or international in size. They're much, much bigger than us. What it means is that God is at work in this world, and he's at work in your life, one person at a time. He wants you to know him as, his, as your Savior. He wants you to repent of your sins, to turn to him, and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you have, in, by faith, believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and your Savior, and in repentance, come to him and pray something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promises to do this, that 
Your sins will be forgiven, the guilt will be gone, and you will inherit eternal life with Jesus Christ forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And that is that is the good news that we've been sharing. And for those of you that maybe just turn to Christ with a very simple prayer, as Nathan was just sharing, we would love to hear from you. We would love for you to contact us and let us know uh, that you prayed to receive the Lord. And we simply want to rejoice with you. We want to share with you, want to give you a Bible and also some other materials so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. But that's why we do these programs. These are these programs are to encourage you uh, in the things of the Lord. We believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon. Soon, and we want as many of you to go to heaven uh, with us as possible. Again, continue to pray uh, for the tragedies around the world, uh, the people that lost their lives. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is coming back. So Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being part of our program. We ran out of time for this segment of the program, and we thank you all for joining us. Thank you, brother. But the world is today is Jesus.